Live from the DT Studios, this is Daily Turismo Radio, powered by EuropeanMotorWorks.com. Here's your hosts, Editor-in-Chief of Daily Turismo, Vince Barbary, and co-founder, Chris Florin. Hello, motorheads, and welcome to the Daily Turismo Radio Show, broadcasting live on talkradio.com. TalkRadio1.com from our studio in scenic Gardena, California. Good work, Vince. Way to mess it up. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty close. And we can't go back because it's live. That's right. Home of the world's first and last paper mache umbrella factory. That's Gardena. It's a great little city. Actually, that's not true. Um, We've got another great show on tap today. Uh, We've got some new games, some old games, some fun games. Uh, And there's a rumor that Ben's spectacular spec was making a comeback. I'm not sure if that's true. He's shaking his head. No. But it's a really, guys, it's a really, really good show. Um, but before I get too far ahead of myself, let me introduce some of the other chicken farmers in the studio today. <laughs> First, I've got uh, this guy laughing there. That's Seaflow, uh, a.k.a. Chris. What up? Who rode here today in an ice cream truck. That's not true either. Man, I drove the 2002 today. But that's right. I got lots of compliments along the way. Sorry, I'm what? like you and your roadmaster. <laughs> That's <laughs> that's what you you yes that's I'm not going to disagree. With Actually, that it's not my car, but I, know, I like yeah. to drive it. So it's your it's your wife's it car. We, we know yeah. this. It's okay. <laughs> uh, and then we've got Doctor J. He's here in the peanut gallery. Indeed. Good evening. And uh, next then is producer Ben, who he's really looking comfortable, but he's still not wearing pants for some strange reason. I don't I don't really understand this. Um, but finally, we have a special guest joining us via Skype today. Um, Mark Brems. He, Hello. Hi, Mark. He, uh, Mark is an electrical car enthusiast, a fan of fermented vegetables, and he proposed to his wife at the Burning Man Festival. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Uh, glad to be here. Excellent. So, the first question that we have for you is, what inspired you to convert a Porsche 914 to electric power? Um, you know, I came up through Volkswagens. And uh, right about the time I decided I, I had um, had enough of, of grease under my nails and I quit giving um, cars a second life, I, I, um, I gave up cars for a long time. But in the back of my mind, I always had this, uh, this urge to move up. And, I, and the next step from BW was obviously in a Porsche. So I uh, always wanted a 914. And then I always, in the back of my mind, I always wanted to convert a a car to electric. Um, yeah, and I was trained. I was trained in the Marines as a, an electrical engineer, so it, it just seemed like something that would be fun to do. And, and then on top to, of that, it was it was a way to eliminate the grease. Mark, did did you want to get rid of that Volkswagen port part of the of the Porsche 914? <laughs> oh, you, the you lumpy, the smelly part in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah. Actually, it's noisy. It's smelly. Uh, it's temperamental. Um, it requires a lot of maintenance. Uh, so, I, I are, are you talking about my wife? Part. My <laughs> <laughs> my my engine. The the motor in my car. It's a motor, not an engine. The motor has one moving part. The rotor. Very right. simple. Yep. Yeah, and uh, can you can you tell us uh, a little bit like uh, specs of the uh, conversion? Like, what motor did you use? What kind of motor is it? The batteries, the controller, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I used uh, thirty six uh, lithium ion cells. Um, the cells that that I used, the ones that are commonly in use right now, um, are used by Telcom 
for uh, UPS backup for cell towers, mm. funnily enough. And I have the um, 650-amp uh, AC50 motor from High Performance Electric Vehicles, and that is paired with a, a Curtis 650-amp uh, controller. So it's, uh, it has uh, a little bit more torque than, than stock. Right, um, but the performance is pretty much stock. And did, did you keep the original transmission too? So can can you shift through gears? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's the fun part. Yeah, <laughs> that does sound fun because most electric cars that you buy from the factory today are basically one speed, right? They're, uh, they're uh, uh, they you know. yeah, more or less. Yeah, they have sort of a variable, infinite vari- a variable drive in some of them, um, or the, or you just consider them automatic. Yes. Yeah, so so right. then, what? So to what RPM does the does the electric motor spin to then? Um, it tops out at seven thousand, and it has a limiter on it. Okay. So so that's perfect because because that's a, that's I mean it's a little more than the, the original engine would have, but that's yeah. about where a car tops out. And so. I I have to confess, this is Chris here. I I have to confess, I looked up the specs on your on your electric motor before the show, and um, makes about seventy horsepower. Is that right? Uh, so it depends on whether it's the 50 or the 51. Oh, okay. But so oh. that that is actually about the same as uh, stock horsepower for the original engine. Yeah. Um, if it, it, you know, I I had a when I started this, I was sort of on a budget, so I was very careful about you know uh, how much money I spent. I could have if I wanted to put a more powerful engine in, but I I do have one in the garage right now. I'm working on so. I am going to put the um, dual, it's a dual AC35 motor made by the same company, High Performance Electric Vehicles, and that's uh, going to almost double my, my uh, horsepower. Wow. Oh, so you'll be able to and do then, uh, donuts I, I, outside of the Donald Trump rally if you want to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Nobody will hear me. Right. right. Yeah. Very <laughs> sneaky. Strange donuts. You know, we've, we've always said that the electric cars are a really good fit for drifting. Right. Because, you know, you get torque. You don't care about the life of the battery. You know, drifting is a very short event when you think about professional drifters. Competition, yeah. yeah. But for some reason, they don't do it, so. So is, is Mark an electric drifter? I mean, maybe we should ask him that. <laughs> In his... uh, no. 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 Okay. <laughs> no, I'm 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 a different kind of car guy. Yeah, I'm not know, a, I'm not a track dude, and and I uh, I don't race. Okay. You know, we saw your car at the uh, Lyftka Cult, which now your car is still it's still technically air cooled. Actually, no, it's water cooled, right? Or liquid cooled, part of it. Well, it's kind of both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the controller um, is on a chill plate because it has like three big, it's fat, huge accent. MOSFETs inside there, which are huge transistors, right. and they generate a little bit of heat. Um, the motor itself doesn't require any cooling. It just has you know the built-in fan that's actually on the rotor itself, and that circulates some air through there. Okay. So the actual drive motor is still air-cooled, so you're still eligible to participate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. they, they, they didn't ask questions. Okay. Let, me, let me cut in here. This is Julian and ask, where are the batteries? Uh, the batteries are in the front compartment where the gas tank used to be, and then also in the engine bay. So I've got uh, I've got the pack split in three. I've got twelve mm. uh, batteries on either side of the motor, so twelve and twelve, and then I've got twelve up front, and they're all tied together in series. That sounds good for weight distribution. Yeah, I was just going to oh. say. That's so yeah, no. Does that, does that make it front heavy? No, not at all. No. As a matter of fact. Um, 
the original car was perfectly balanced front and rear axle and i've added about the weight has shifted about 120 pounds towards the back okay so it's still it's got the classic kind of mid-engine handling characteristics right oh yeah yeah oh it's yeah it's fun it's a lot of fun and uh what what kind of uh stuff do you do with the car now that you've built it well i drive it to work every day oh nice (laughs) that's which was kind of the point for me Uh, i haven't been to a gas station in like three years (laughs) what's your just out of curiosity what's your what's your commute how many miles in your commute uh, my commute is about ten miles round trip. Okay, and then so, um, what is your what what's your range like if you were to you know go on a long trip? Uh, my range is about seventy miles if I drive it uh, with my wife in the car, <laughs> and it's sixty miles if I drive it like a Porsche. Okay, right. Yeah. So it's heavily right foot dependent. Just, <laughs> yes, just like range exactly. in a gasoline car. Got to point. Yeah, that yeah, out, right? for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I if I drive it slow and steady, um, we can just roll into Ventura on a single charge. Okay, and then uh, where what kind of uh, charging stations can you use? Pretty much like anything that like at the Costco or gas station or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Any anywhere there's a, a a public charging station, it uses the same exact plug. Okay, because I remember back when electric cars first came out, there was this big kind of paddle thing that you would plug into it. And I don't know if they still use that or not, but yeah, no, those are, <laughs> those are obsolete okay. at this point. Yeah, that was yeah. actually part of the EV1 program. Yeah, the EV1 used that. I got a ride in an EV1 um, back when it was being going around the auto show circuit. I was I was too young to have a driver's license at the time, but uh, my dad got to drive it, and I got to ride in it, and it seemed like it seemed like kind of a science project. It was kind of rattly and, and loud and, and whatever, but you're riding around an electric car. That was cool. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. P- people were so sad to watch them take them back and crush them. Right. That's general monster for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, if you've seen that movie, uh, uh, who killed the electric car, that's a, a really good movie. And the one that, the follow up to that is, um, uh, revenge of the electric car. Which uh-huh. uh, shows the the major uh, automakers. What is it? Bob Lutz at GM, and uh, who was the, the 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 French guy at Nissan? Carlos Goshen, or however you say his name. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the guy, right? So you have the Leaf program, you had the Volt program that Bob Lutz was behind. Who, for some strange reason, he became a champion of electric cars for about two years, and then Elon Musk building Tesla from the ground up. And then, and then the fourth guy, which was a gadget, who was a converter like me. Okay. And um, what? Just a, a comparison type of question between your nine fourteen and something that would be commercially available today. I'm not going to compare it to a, like a Model S because that's way out of the price range, I think. But have you ever driven a, um, a Spark EV? And if so, what do you what do you think about those? Uh. I've not driven a Spark. Okay. I've driven a Volt. I've driven a Leaf. Okay. Um, I've driven a smart car, which was fun. Actually, I liked it. It was very peppy. Um, but I think comparison-wise, you're probably looking at uh, the first generation of Leaf. We get about 78 miles of range and the same amount of um, pickup. Okay. Yeah, but with the with your car, you get to shift your own gears. And yeah, to me, that that's would... great. Yeah. That would make the difference. And then what is it like, this is Vince again, what is it like 
um, taking off from a stop, do you use the clutch? You just turn. Oh, it I off? do. Yeah, okay. yeah, I do. So that, so then. Interesting. When you stop, you still stop the the motor from spinning, right? Well, th that's the thing. Yeah, when I'm downshifting, I go into regen mode, regenerative braking. So right. it's like motor braking. Yep. So I'm sent the the actual motor is now acting as a generator, and it's pushing electrons back into the battery pack. Just jamming But when I come to there. a full stop, I don't I don't need to push the clutch in or disengage the clutch, uh, because the end the motor doesn't idle. Right. It just stops. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I guess actually I'll, I'll, I'll change my answer. Um, I don't, I use the clutch when I'm accelerating. When you're shifting. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, but okay. straight off the line, you know, I, I just, I sit there with the clutch engaged and, uh, you know, just wait to hit the, hit the pedal. So you don't call it the throttle. You have to call it the pedal or something, right? You actually, you could call it the throttle. You're throttling electrons, right? That's right. <laughs> the flow it, of technically current. it is yeah. a throttle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it's just not a gas pedal. How does how does the throttle work? Is it a is it a potentiometer or what what actually communicates to the controller? I, I did have a potentiometer that came with the controller. Uh, it's uh, it was built by Curtis to go with their controller, but it just it got dirty after a while, and it started to act really funky. So I replaced it with a uh, Hall Effect. Um, uh, it's a Hall Effect throttle. Okay. Um, so there's no contact inside. It's yeah. all done magnetically. Right. The power of magical magnets. Ooh. It's yeah. just it's like going it's... from points to a distributorless ignition. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's go back to That's the cool. motor. Is that a, a AC or a DC motor? It's a it's an AC motor. So how are you converting? What is that the what you're using a MOSFET for? Uh, that's right. Yeah, the 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 controller is also an inverter. So, like with a DC motor, um, you make it go faster by giving it more voltage. And uh, with an AC motor, you you vary the speed of the motor by varying the frequency, right, of the AC signal you're sending to it of the sinusoidal wave. <laughs> okay, before we throw that in no, there. Hold on a second. before we lose too many of our listeners to this uh, techno babble, which is great, it is um, good. We're, it's, it's we're really engineers. Good. We like it. Yeah, really good. I want to make a little. Uh, ask you a question, um, Mark, about. Uh, tell me about a trip that you took where you ended up in Louisiana. And I say this because Julie and I both have a history there. I grew up. I was a kid. I lived uh. in, in Baton Rouge, and, and Julian spent a number of summers. Or hey, Laba. Yeah. Tell me, tell, just give us, a, give us a, the short the short version. Okay, well, um, I was uh, driving my uh, my VW Adventure Wagon. And if I, actually, you look at your Facebook page, there is a picture of a Safari Wagon, which is very similar. It's got that large fiberglass fixed top on it. Yeah. yeah. So I was driving cross-country, and I, I came around um, the Gulf of Mexico and Biloxi and Apalachicola, and I saw the comet uh, uh, Kahutek, I think it was. Oh boy! Be so, so that's gonna tell us what year this was now. Beautiful, yeah. No, it was just it was just gorgeous. I turned off my lights and and it was just pitch black and it, and it was just beautiful. Never seen anything like it. So I'm rolling into New Orleans and I burned a valve. Mm -hmm. And uh, immediately I, I did what I what I know how to do is is look for a garage where I can rent a bay and rent the tools and but New Orleans doesn't have those. So I started going through the phone book looking for VW uh, restorers, uh, dealerships, and I got hooked up with this guy named Bernard who uh, uh, fixed VWs on the side in his backyard, and he worked at a VW parts store. 
So he was able to get me some parts on the cheap and uh, said, hey, you can use my backyard. So for three days, I pulled an engine, <laughs> I yanked the heads, I replaced the heads, adjust the valves, put them back in, and I had, I had like $200. And after I bought the new heads from him, I didn't have anything. And he said, well, you can rip apart these three engines that have been sitting here for you know years. I never got around to them. So I tore them apart, and we called it even. And um, at the end of it, I had my laptop with me, and uh, I sat down at his kitchen table with his two kids and plugged into a phone line, because that's how I used to connect to the internet, and showed them the the, the internet for the first time. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So you did them a service. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, just Uh, watching their lives slip away. Seriously. Where where was this? What part of Louisiana? This was New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans proper. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was, well, so it was funny because I was out there working and his wife came out and she said, hey, you get, get in here, clean up. I want to show you something. So we get into her car and she takes me on like the supreme tour of of New Orleans. And she shows me everything, wow. the governor's mansion. And it was just it was just a really sweet time for having zero money. Yeah, there's there's nothing better than the, than the folks in, in, in New Orleans. But Mark, we got about a minute before we take a break. But I want to ask you another question about um, eating a uh, frozen chocolate when you're on the 110? Oh, yes. What do you, yeah. what, what, what's this? What, what happened? Oh, uh, that, that, was, that was an accident. Oh, <laughs> those are the worst. <laughs> that was an accident. I, I, I had just come from Whole Foods in the Valley, and I was uh, jumping on the, the uh, 101 uh, headed west, and I was on the on-ramp accelerating, and the chocolate bar I had, it was very hot. Uh, outside so the chocolate bar that i just unwrapped a big chunk of that you know that chocolate coating that's that's on that vanilla you know ice cream bar yep. yeah it just slid right off into my lap and chocolate <laughs> is the worst when it comes to staining right <laughs> so i'm dealing with this and i just happen to glance up and i see the car in front of me has stopped at the meter Oh, and then I and I watched crunch. the the hood of my uh, of my '95 Toyota Corolla just crumple right up in my face. Well, I guess that's no great loss, wow. right? '95 <laughs> uh, Wasn't the don't do that to the 914. <laughs> yeah, no please. ice cream the 914. No. Okay, uh, uh, Mark. That car hey, was never the same. Mark, thank you so much. We gotta take a break, but um, uh, I want to really say uh, thank you so much for being a guest in the show. Um, you on the uh, people listening to the podcast, you can. Read more about Mark's adventures on um, 914electric.wordpress.com. And if you want to see the, the 914 EV in person, you can go to the San Marino Motor Classic on June 12th. All right. Indeed. Thanks. We're, yeah, we're going to have a lot of uh, EVs there. I encourage uh, people to come out and see it. Cool. Thanks again, Mark. Sure. It was a pleasure having you. And, it was great uh, being here. Hope to meet you in person someday and see your car. And you shall. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. <laughs> okay. Bye now. Okay, we're going to take a break. we get back, we'll have some more uh, fun and games on the Deli Turismo radio show. You're listening to Daily Turismo Radio. week's blue glove tool review brought to you by dailyturismo.com 
you're anything like me, spend a fair bit of time crawling around under cars or climbing up on ladders to do some kind of home improvement or car improvement project, and you'll often find that you've got some tools in your hand, but you don't have anywhere to put your hardware or maybe additional spare tools. And so they wind up going in your pocket, on the ground, or worse, in your mouth. And this is never a good thing when you're working with like screws or, or nails or little asbestos-coated pieces of radioactive lead. So the guys at MagnoGrip came up with a simple and brilliant solution. For just under $8, you can get a magnetic wristband from DailyTurismo.com. You head over there and you look for a Blue Glove Tool Reviews and click on the link and we'll make a few nickels if you buy one. But it's, it's a magnetic wrist strap that allows you to store extra tools, say some wrenches, or even hardware. If you've got hardware for your for the job, if you're putting together some suspension in your car, you can have the bolts right there on your wrist. They'll be magnetically attached to it via the magical powers of magnetism. Or um, it works great for like drywall screws. You're screwing a bunch of drywall into your home or you're using them to like hang pictures, whatever you do with drywall screws. Um, but you can also hold paper clips with them. Say you're in the office and you want some paper clips or say you're you're doing some arts and crafts at home with your kids and you put bobby pins on it. Um, and it, it's really, uh, it's a very versatile tool. You can even strap it on your ankle and, and put like a, you know, a, a pair of scissors down there if you're really into this kind of, kind of crazy stuff. So... For just under $8, go get yourself the Magno Grip uh, magnetic wristband, and you can head over to dailyturismo.com and go buy it. And don't worry, we won't tell your wife. Hi, Motorheads. We're still here in the studio. I wish we could have talked to Mark for another hour or two about 914s and electric cars. I want to go for a ride in that thing. Come on. Yeah, I'll just I talk know. about yes. it. <laughs> you want to do some donuts in front of your, your Donald Trump rally, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, again, if you want to read more about it, there's a fan- uh, Mark has a fantastic set of of articles um, talking about the the car, the conversion process on 914electric.wordpress.com. Uh, head over to his website and check it out. And he goes into a lot of detail, so it's very interesting. <laughs> and now it's time for Technology Corner. So we're coming back from uh, talking about electric cars, and we're going to kind of continue the theme, and we're going to talk about active suspension in Technology Corner today. Whoa, 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 whoa. It doesn't have to be electric. Uh, you know, uh, I'd, I'd say, you know, high-tech stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, that's true. Okay. Electric cars are kind of cutting edge at the moment, you know, some okay. of them anyway, and uh, active suspension is, even though 30 years old, you could still consider it high-tech, right? Well, I so, had some active, active-ish <laughs> suspension on a on a on a uh, Mustang SVO that I had. What did that do? How does that work? You could. It was it was semi-active. You could before the ride, you could tweak down the Coney adjustable shocks. Yeah. and change the suspension. That's adjustable. That's not oh, active. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So active is adjusting while you're driving. Right. right. So so wait before we get too far, Chris. Um, suspension. What, what is it? What is it doing in your car? 
so on a basic level, suspension is necessary to keep the wheels in contact with the road when you go over a bump. And uh, it's necessary to make the cars ride much softer and more comfortable than it would be if there was no suspension. So why isn't every car like a Cadillac then? Because that's what, you know, that's what Well, yeah, you've got, so you've got a really soft, plush, you know, comfortable ride on the one, on the one hand, but then if you want a sporty car that handles well and goes faster on corners, you want to control the wheel motion a lot more closely and therefore you need a stiffer ride most of the case, most of the time. And, uh, as a result, it won't be quite as comfortable over bumps and hard surfaces. Rough surfaces, I should say. Yeah, hopefully the Subaru, road is all hard. Subaru anyway. STI, yeah. Yeah, STI, right. um, you know, Lotus Exige or something like that. Um, you know, it's going to handle really well. the uh, The camber curve, if if you will, will be uh, ideal. the The tire will stay uh, in, in uh, uniform contact with the road as you're cornering Cam- camber curve? yeah so i don't know i don't know <laughs> I if we want to go into camber where's, the, I where's, that, to, where's that snooze sound effect yeah. ben? Do we have that so, on there? wait a minute i went to school with camber <laughs> not amber but uh, <laughs> and the curve anyway there's a, you can read all about suspension on your own time if you want to we're not going to go into all the basics today yep. but what we are going to talk about is active suspension so that is basically the suspension of the car which is the springs and shocks and control arms that move up and down um, actively as in intelligently um, preempting or reacting to the road surfaces or the conditions or the the way that you're driving the car does that make sense yeah yeah, it absolutely does make sense and and so when did this technology sort of appear in the automotive hold on was was he asking you vince or was he asking me if that made sense Uh, because no that didn't make that was a rhetorical question i didn't expect an answer okay I was uh, asking myself the he, question. He yeah. smiled at me, and so I had cool. to. I had to the reply. answer is yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go back to Facebook then. Let me know when you're done with the segment. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother us. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so active suspension came around in the early '80s, I believe, um, in Formula One. Lotus and Colin Chapman were kind of the pioneers of active suspension, and later on, uh, Williams was kind of the the second adopter. Um, they're a team that's still around today and doing fairly well in Formula One. Lotus is not, but they still make cars. But um, eventually, I think in 93 or so, all of F1 cars had active suspension. And then the FIA banned, right? banned it yeah. the next year. Yeah, because they said it was uh, some, they claimed that the, the hydraulic cylinder that was moving the, the suspension wasn't a movable aero device because it's out in the air and it's moving. Uh, yeah. And the the teams kind of you know waved the BS flag and said no that's that's silly why are you why are you calling it an active aero device it's it's not but regardless active suspension got banned and and kind of um, with it the uh, development of active suspension slowed down quite a bit. Well, it, and and if you saw the Senna documentary, yeah, I believe I that he did not like the active suspension. Right, he was probably too good of a driver for it, right? And or, or just it was so different. It was like so driving, different. Yeah, it, you, they could just go into the turns, just turn the wheel, and the car would just turn. Yeah, so I guess the ben- the benefits of active suspension, we should probably talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can keep the car flat, completely flat in turns, and you know, let's say you're imagine turning left in your car on the street. Um, the car is going to roll to the right. Like I'm in a NASCAR race. 
No. Just constantly left. You and your roadmaster (laughs) on the street going about four miles per hour. Okay. Uh, It's going to lean about a foot. It's going to lean about a foot or two (laughs) to the side because it has no anti-rollbar. It's going to drag. Right. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of uh, load transfer to the outside tire. And if that tire is not, um, you know, not the grippiest, it's probably going to squeal. If you transfer too much load to it, it's going to get overloaded. So imagine your roadmaster instead of flopping over like a like a dead whale or something. Uh, <laughs> imagine that it basically stays flat in the corners, and the suspension on the right side kind of stiffens up and and keeps that side from compressing, and then the suspension on the left side kind of does the opposite and keeps that side from extending and rebound. And what you're ending up with is a car that's not rolling all over the place, so the tires are very well controlled. And you're also ending up with uh, kind of a more equal balance of grip across each axle. Right. But then if I hit a bump in that turn, is that going to like, am I going to feel it in my Well, that's, that's the beauty of active suspension is it can be really firm in corners and very well controlled. And then as soon as you hit a bump, it just, it just soaks up that bump goes right back away. To, it goes back to Roadmaster. Yeah, exactly. It would ride just as smooth or maybe even smoother because it wouldn't be porpoising <laughs> up and down as you do everything. <laughs> There's a lot of That's like it. aquatic analogies here. Am I riding with a mermaid today? I mean, this for some like... reason that 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 car just has a nautical theme to me. It needs like a it needs a ship's wheel instead of a steering. Wheel. You need to be well, a pirate radio, to drive it's one. Very visual. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, no, it's cool. I like that car, but I'm not trying to argue. You need to worry. put some like rigging and, and masts on that thing. <laughs> I, if it was a lemons car, the theme would be pirate ship, and it would work oh, sure. really yeah, well. Yeah, I yeah, think that's, yeah. that's anyway. Um, what I really like about active suspension is what Bose did with it, which you guys may know as a uh, company that makes speakers and audio equipment, radios, that type of thing. If you think about what is a speaker, um, it's basically a linear electric motor, right? That's very high frequency. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> high frequency, uh, high response, powerful electric mo- motor that moves in a straight line instead of turning in a circle, right? So. Right. Uh, Bose, the the guy who founded the company, had this idea that what if you took uh, linear electric motors and replaced the springs and dampers in a car with those, and now you can soak up bumps immediately with no reaction in the body. And there's some videos on YouTube still. They they made some test cars. They used a Lexus LS400, the original one, which is a very comfortable car, but it it wallows all over the place like a Roadmaster does. And uh, they've got two cars next to each other, the stock LS400 and the one with the Bose active suspension. And you can see them taking turns at speed and slaloms and stuff, and the car literally doesn't even roll at all. Wow. It's just, it looks nah. like a special effect or something. It's nah, I gotta go look for that. totally flat. Yeah. yeah. And then and then they go over all these weird bumps like a you know suspension test tracker. Like a, like a silk sheet just slides across and the wheels are going up and down furiously, but the guy inside never feels it, right? It's like those um, old uh, Citroen videos, right? Yeah, it's so it's kind of like it's kind of the same thing as Citroen, the same idea. Like, you get adjustable ride height, you get you get adaptive uh, damping, adaptive spring rates. Um, so, so when did this first get into, um, or do we do we talk about what year this was first adjustable like? dampers for first in cars uh no we didn't talk about that okay. and we're not going to because <laughs> we're talking about, about active active suspension um no 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 i but meant, no, I meant the, active active I, shocks the the punchline is this bose car which never made the suspension system never made it into production unfortunately maybe it will someday but 
the Bose car was so good that they can jump it over a two by six piece of wood. So they set it this piece of wood out uh, two by six up on end in the road, and the car's driving down the street. And in slow motion, you can see it. The front end kind of hunkers down, and then it springs up, and the front end jumps over, and then the back does the same thing, and it just it like hops over this piece of wood. A little so ollie right over a piece of wood. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just. I want a, that. They should have used the shark. Maybe the fawn jumping right a shark. Here. Yeah. <laughs> The shark. <laughs> they should have. They should have never been born. We're, but. Back, to, we're back to our nautical theme again. That's good. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, you know, it would be really great if if uh, production cars came with active suspension. It would be awesome. And and today, with all of the adaptive cruise control and everything, you could. Well, they do have adaptive dampers that that yeah. that, that check the that check the road conditions and change. Right. You know, since two thousand two, Cadillacs had them in their in their cars where they. It's uh, boy, I'm gonna mess this word up. The Magnetorheological. That's the word. Yeah. Magnetorheological dampers. And so so they'll change the, the damping rates as you're driving down the road yeah. constantly. And is it scanning the road surface? No, that's something that I was just reading about. Uh, that's a new sort of a promising method for the future, mm-hmm. right? Uh, where you, they'll actually scan the road ahead of the car. And, In and real time. And sense when there's a bump. Because today yeah. they have to react to the bump. Right. So like the first crash over, like if you drive into Detroit, when you're coming out of Detroit and you get into Detroit, <laughs> your car, the shock's immediately like, they Bottom feel the first out. bump yeah. and then and then they, okay, and then they go to the soft soft Detroit mode. Right. But now you'd be able to scan and you would like hit it like a, it's like you've scanned a barcode, like you're in Detroit and then it would, everything would... I, th- so, I don't think that's the point. <laughs> no, no, no. I think you've actually yeah. clearly never been to Detroit. <laughs> if if it say, sees a bump coming see... up or a pothole, correct, it, it will it will anticipate that and actually do. start doing doing whatever it's going to do right. before Jump over you, it, before you ever get there. Yeah, Jump it, over it, it could. Yeah. yeah, which would be which would be awesome. So yeah. the future it's exciting and active suspension. That's I think that's the problem right now is it's, uh, cost is too high, but maybe that'll come down at some point with electric cars and everything that's happening there. So that would be pretty sweet. Anyway. Yeah, self-driving house. Okay, so, hey, that was the technology corner. You, you still with us, Ben? You haven't fallen He's asleep? He's passed out in the corner. He's passed out in the corner. He's sawing some <laughs> logs. Okay, so we're going to um, transition into some, some funny games. We're going to lighten up the mood and talk less about active, active I think suspension. the mood has been very light so far. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. <laughs> See? Everybody loves it. <laughs> who gave that guy the little board with the buttons it's to press? Like but a, I don't have any buttons I can press to make them obnoxious sounds. How about you, Chris? You got anything? I Julian? Mean, I could like press your belly or something, and <laughs> yeah, then you'd make an obnoxious sound. Sound like the, the Pillsbury Doughboy, probably. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so we're going to play a couple games, all right? So these are new games, so we're going to see how they go, and they'll probably become a regular part of the repertoire oh, of I hope not. the radio show. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> your games are terrible. Okay. That's the best part of the show. <laughs> Explain your game. So um, the first game is we're going to take turns, and we, the four of us in the studio, um, deciding what the best car for a particular activity is. Okay, so I'm going to give you the activity, and you're going to just shoot me and say, uh, this is the car that I want to do this. Activity. Literally shoot you. Literally. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to let you know. I'm, I'm going to judge you, too, by the way. You're I'm going to ju- be very judgy. Wait, you, silently? You, you, no, if you, silently, me, please. If, if you give me a bad car, you're going to get a bad he's, sound. He's crossing his know. arms over there and looking at you <laughs> from the top. Stern. Of very <laughs> judgy. Wearing Gardena. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the first one is the best car for riding in a parade. Chris, I'm looking at you. I've actually ridden in a parade, but it wasn't in a car. It was on a Honda Moto Campo, which is a little 50cc <laughs> wow. fold-up Japanese true. scooter. Uh, it was only sold in Japan. And I was in a science club in high school, and I passed out diffraction gratings in the oh. Martin Luther King Jr. Parade in San Diego. 
I here. hope this wasn't this 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 isn't your answer. <laughs> This is my answer. Yes. You ran yourself riding a moto compo in a parade. I right, because on, I've actually on. done that. Yeah. All right, all right this, awesome. this, this is what you get, Seaflow. This is what you get. <laughs> it was perfect. You, you could you could maneuver you around had, all had, the no, big. No, you had me on stuff. the moto compo, and then when you went into the whole high school story, that was it. It was over. You could ride around like the horse horse poop from the yeah. guys ahead of you. It was yeah. very maneuverable. Okay. <laughs> you still have that moto compo. I right? do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Awesome. Now, are you going to buy a Honda City Mini so you can put it in the proper? If spot? I can find one. That I don't have to ship from Japan, I will buy a city. That was one we featured one Daily Tourism. It was too expensive though. It was a turbo city. Yeah. Anyway, Doctor J, what's uh, your answer? I'd go with a 60, 66, 67 Mustang convertible. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right in the back. Okay. Wide That's interior. Go. Nice green. So you can sit up on the back That's like it. shelf and wave to everybody. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's enough. Enough with the sound effects. Come on. So I'm gonna go. With We're not the, a morning show. The, with the something like something Hold completely on, this goofy. Is, this is for you, oh. then, Seaflow. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Okay. He's, ben is really enamored of his uh, his sound effects pad. It's, it's newfound power. It's it's with great power comes great responsibility. Right. And he's figuring out that He'll he's not Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, my answer, because you guys all want to know what I want to say as no well, is, a, you, is a, okay. a like a I want to go on like a rose parade float. Like I want to be standing up there, mm-hmm. like you know, rocking out. Um, and uh, you know, waving to the to the crowd. The flowers. Like, like the flowers. The whole thing. Like it's like a tractor, basically. Not you. even a car. Like a tractor pulled float. Tractor. That's it. That's yeah. it. That was Rose the terrible answer. Float. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> ben, ben, you suck. Ben, <laughs> ben, do you have anything to add to this? No. Okay. No. Okay. Roger. Next, okay, next uh, one. Next no. question. All right, so next one is driving, uh, the best car for driving with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the passenger seat. Mm. Do I get to go first Great. on oh, this Oh, please, one? yeah. Something that would scare him, I think. Like uh, a, like a Mazamiata? Yeah. <laughs> actually, that's perfect. If you could wedge him in there, actually, he's not very tall, but he would be touching uh, your arm. Like you'd be like, you know, maybe th- there'd be Schwartz of contact. Maybe that's what you want. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you are driving a Miata, so right? That could be exactly know. what I mean, you're looking for. <laughs> with the governator. Um, no, but at first I thought maybe Hummer, but he had a Hummer, so he knows what you know. He knows what that's all about. But yeah, it would be awesome to say that you scared the crap out of. The Terminator, right? No, this is that. You know, this is that's a so something that handled really well could go really right. fast, like a track at a track day. You know, take him in your Corvette Z06 or something. Yeah, like all those videos you see of like uh, guys driving their moms around the track. Okay. I would do that with Schwarzenegger. Anyway. Acceptable. Their moms are usually pretty pretty in those videos. I don't know what videos you're watching, but <laughs> there are some with moms and there are some with other women that are not their moms. Oh, sorry, okay. Doctor J, what is your answer to this? Uh, my mind's spinning, but uh, I think I'd go with that uh, Buick that Shaq did the commercial with, but only if we could get Shaq along with the governor. What Buick was that? Uh, it was a Skylark, I want to say. It was uh, the one where he could, it looked like they used a nah. bottle opener to get him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. That's, right, I tried, I tried. <laughs> so I'm going to say a big black semi-truck. Okay. And the reason why is because is that's what he drove in the Terminator movie. Right. So you'd have the Terminator next to you, and you'd be driving this giant semi-truck. I'm looking for Sarakana. Yeah. He would terrify other people. <laughs> okay. And then you'd like honk at them and like shit, like point. 
hey, look who's in the and I, anyone seat. in a motorcycle, I try to run them over. Uh-huh. It would just be like I'm the Terminator, you know. You have to wear the goggles, the, right? The yes. Glasses. What is wrong with your eyes? The goggles, they do nothing. Why do you cry? Okay, uh, the next. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty Sorry. good. That's pretty good. He's weird. <laughs> some real talent here. The next, <laughs> the, best, <laughs> the best car for driving in bumper to bumper Los Angeles traffic. Seaflow. Mm. Something with an automatic. Um, I had a diesel Mercedes wagon, automatic. It was a little bit too slow, but I'd say something like that, but faster or more powerful. <laughs> Did the Volvo well, guy say <laughs> that a car was too slow? <laughs> well, wait, those Mercedes diesel, they those were, were too slow. I they did, were slow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I would say something comfy, diesel would be good, automatic would be good. Um, Naturally you know, aspirated is what you're saying? No, turbocharged diesel. Because when you, when you do need to accelerate, you want... I'm going to learn the difference, I swear. <laughs> Sitting in this chair, eventually I'm going to learn the difference What a between, turbocharger is? Yeah. We could do a whole long technology and, corner and, on turbochargers. I think we've done that like three times. No. That's okay. <laughs> no, I still we haven't, haven't learned. <laughs> okay. Um, it's the aspirate. So let's say a, a, a W201 Mercedes E-Class mm. diesel. Yes. That's yeah, what I'm going to choose. That's a good answer. Dr. J? I'm drawing blanks on this one. Maybe a 69 Chevy Impala. A Chevy Impala and a bumper-to-bumper traffic. Uh, you, 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 I, I no, you actually, want a, no, you want a cruiser. Yeah. That's, awesome, that's brilliant. Because yeah, you're gonna look it's good like, in that. Exactly. Yeah. You want something you're gonna that's look good right. in. Yeah, front yeah that's perfect. Everybody thinks you want like a little commuter car because it gets good mileage. But no, you're going three miles per hour. Yeah. You could you could drive anything. You, you, you need to be comfortable and safe and look good. Look yeah, because yeah. I was gonna say a 19 like 95 Cadillac Elante. That would be a good North Star V8. Yeah, it doesn't matter that it's front wheel drive. Did you say 95? I think that was the yeah, only yeah. year they had the, uh, the, the North Star V8 and yeah, the Alante. Mid, mid-90s, yeah. That GMT something. Yeah, 95. Uh, yeah. There, a few years before it had a crummier, crummier yeah, V8 it had in the there. 24, Nobody wanted that. 2, 6, 4, 8, 12, yeah. 19, yeah. whatever. Exactly. Yeah, humble fire. Okay, all right. Next one. Best car for driving to prison. Oh. Driving um, to prison. To prison. Are to you, prison. Are you... Driving there to meet your pal who's in prison, or are you going to be locked visit? up? visit? No, no. Yeah. We're driving to go to prison, and you're going to be gone for a long Dude, the time. The conjugal so visit question car. is way better. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you going to drive to prison for a conjugal visit? That, that's a way better question than the other one. Uh, no, 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 van. No. Well, on those lines, exactly. <laughs> it kind of lined the full size. Right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Driving, you're going to go to prison, and you're not going to drive for a while, right? So, what okay. do you drive on the way there? Uh, it's the last car to drive for a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, Volkswagen Beetle. I don't care. Oh, come oh. on, Steve <laughs> No, that's that's my favorite car. Okay, I don't know. I'd want to drive what? it that's, one more that's time. To your heart, dude. Yeah. I, that's, I understood. Dr. Yeah. J. Uh, I don't I don't understand that at all. Maybe a, maybe a DeLorean? DeLorean. <laughs> okay. Okay, I like that. Oh, that's you, good. You're going to see him in prison no, or well, something? Are <laughs> <laughs> you going to prison for, for dealing for drugs? drugs? Yeah. No, you know what? He's going to go back in time that's and right. stop himself from committing that crime and not go to prison. That's a brilliant plan. That's You know, on that... On that, we're gonna end that this game. Shell. We're gonna okay. end this game. Wait, what about me? Oh, <laughs> wah, wah, you know what I'm wah, driving? Wah. To pre- oh, really? <laughs> That's what you get. Okay. Wait, you the, suck. The bus. Yeah, the bus. The bus. No, the prison no. bus. So, no, I'm actually I'm gonna drive a BMW to prison. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow, we've really converted them here. That's you know what he the, the, the guy yeah. never really used blinkers to begin with so a BMW is exactly. perfect. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna flip everybody off. I'm gonna have a popped collar. I mean I'm not. <laughs> 
I'm going to be a total D-bag all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. I mean, if, that, if it's your last free day, that, why that not? Right? And, yeah. and, and you know what? How much worse could it get? Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll get worse once you're in prison. All right. So speaking of European cars, um, we've got a little... Uh, a uh, little something to talk about, which is our, our new sponsor, who we have talked about before, and that's European Motorworks here in Hawthorne, California, right down the road. Um, they are a shop that specializes in Volkswagen Type 4 engines. I know we've gotten this wrong yeah, a few times, geez. but it's Type 4, which is a different animal from the Type 1 classic Beetle engine. Um, you find Type 4s originally in uh, the late buses, early Vanigans, and Porsche 914s had a Volkswagen Type 4 engine. Um but uh, George there at European Motorworks, he can do all type of all kinds of machining work. He can do um, boring cases, building engines, grinding cranks, valve jobs, port porting, assembly. He'll sell you all the parts to make uh, a brand new 914 engine if you want one for your Beetle. Or I, I'm actually thinking about putting one in my Beetle because it would be a big improvement over what's in there. You know, two liter fuel injected, pretty decent little air cooled four cylinder. Type uh, four is four times as good as a type one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's not 1930s technology. It's more like 1970s. So it's Ooh. a big. It is a big jump. Um, but if you're interested at all in what I'm talking about here with European Motorworks, uh, head on down to George's shop or give him a call at 310-644-8048. That's 310-644-8048, or go to, to EuropeanMotorworks.com. Okay. Thanks. Uh, we're going to take a break. Um, we get back. We're going to do from the website. Radio. Hey, Motorheads. We're still on the air. Still broadcasting Cars, Comedy, and Culture. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, okay, so now it's time for us to go from the website where we're going to talk what? about... Yeah, there's no... Sorry, there's no fancy music or anything. That maybe Dr. J, can <laughs> you sing us a little going, ditty? Uh, from the website. <laughs> looking at stuff from the website today. From the website. Okay. Uh, so, and the website's dailyturismo.com in case you guys on the, on the, um, the, the radio, 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 radio web, what do you call it? The radio web? The I don't inter, know. The interweb. Interwebs. <laughs> right. Uh, that's a terrible The interwaves. Word. Interwaves. Ooh, that's good. Um, so we're talking from the website where I want to highlight some of the, the car of the week and then the comments of the week. So, uh, I'll kick things off with what I considered, um, sort of the, the coolest car that was on Daily Turismo this, this last week. And it was the 1963 BMW 700 Sport Coupe. It was mm. written up by our contributor Andy Liss. Uh, and it was a tip from the Stig. Was a, uh, the Stig? The <laughs> we don't really know, I guess. We, you know what? It's one of those things where you'll never know. I didn't think you know. type, but okay. Right. Well, maybe like a, um, it certainly didn't dictate it. 
but um, <laughs> I've seen him use like the infotainment centers, and I so think, maybe I think he just like jabbed at a keyboard with his face, and yeah, like words right. came out. Yeah. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Um, <laughs> that's how half the posts are written on dailyturismo.com. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, this BMW. Um, to be honest, I didn't really like when I saw it. I was like, that's that's not a BMW. That's what it, it it's doesn't a gloss look like or something. One. Yeah, or, it doesn't something. look like one. Um, but it, it sort of looks like an Amphicar. Someone was pointing out, and it's got these little tail fins, and it's uh, rear-engined um, little. Uh, I forget if it's a three or four cylinder. What I don't, I don't even know the size of the yeah, engine. It's not important. It, but it was a really cool little car, and it, the price wasn't that bad. It was bidding for for something like ten grand or, so, or less than that, um, and it was just a really cool, interesting car. Um, like a step above a microcar. Not quite a sporty sports sedan, but right, still but, an economy car, right? Right, but also a car that like I've never seen one like you know on the on the road or, or yeah. anywhere for sale even. So it's one of those things where it's gonna be worth more. It's a BMW. It's gonna attract attention. Yeah, People are gonna talk to you at car shows if that's what you want, you know. <laughs> right. Well, and even just for future appreciation, you can buy that. You can throw it in your garage, and ten years from now, it's gonna be worth more. It yeah, has yeah. to. It has to. Yeah. Um. But but I wouldn't buy that car because you know that's me. So the car I'd buy is the. 1991 Saab 900 Turbo. Oh, of course. <laughs> to match your, really your buying years, habits, your yes. prior buying habits. Here's the reason why. I hope my wife isn't listening to this right now. Yeah, She's probably calling. But the thing is, is that, you know, I felt cheated with, with the Draken because <laughs> it was a cool, cool little car. Yeah. A Saab. It had that weird Saab quirky experience. Right. But I only owned it for a year or a little more than a year. And I um, I, I sold it just because I, I felt that, you know, things were going to blow up. And, and so it was... It was one of those was cars where overwhelming vague sense of dread. It was a vague <laughs> sense of dread and yeah. just a, a general it's the seventy eight Saab. It just didn't seem like something you should try to drive every day. And it never other than the key breaking off in the door, it never actually died on me on the road. I right. always got to my destination. And okay, the headlights wouldn't work or something would, would not work, but it always worked. Um, but this 91 Saab Turbo, so it's a much newer car. It's a much faster car. It's got, you know, a hundred and 50 horsepower, whatever it is, you can chip it up more. It'll do these big one-wheel drive, one-wheel front peel-outs. Uh-huh. Peel and I just kind of thought, you know what? For 5000 bucks, you'd have a lot of fun with that car and sell yeah, for that in a couple of years. It'd have a lot of the same good qualities that the Draken did have, but then... Not right. as many of the bad ones, right? Correct. It would be yeah. the same. It would be more, and it's almost the same price. It's it's just and, more and better. And the, the Draken was a Saab 99 EMS for anybody right. who doesn't know. Yes. Which is probably, and, they're, they're you know, it's better that they don't know. I'm, so I'm sorry for saying that. But. <laughs> you know well, what? Okay, no. true story. I like True story. Uh, the like owner the of the Draken emailed me the, the original day. owner? The original owner. The guy who I bought, bought it, it. Brand new. Correct. And and then sold it to Walter Wong, and, and yeah. who sold it to me. He contacted me and said, hey, I saw that you sold the Draken, the Draken but can you put me in contact with the, with the current owner? And yep. so I did. So I don't know if he wants to buy it back. or if he, And, and I told him, I said- stalking the guy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we should get him on the show, the, yeah, the original owner. Um, and, but but I, I I asked him, I said, hey, if you're going to try to get it back or you want to do a reunion with it, you know, let me know. We'll, I'll take some pictures. We'll have a little story, a follow-up, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Draken. He I, can like poke his finger into the crunchy rust spots. Like, there wasn't that many <laughs> crunchy rust spots. <laughs> uh, you can talk to my wife too much. It, did, it had some car. rust in the hatch, Those but little, that, that's, you can fix that. It didn't have oh. anything major. Yeah, it was a sob. It's, yeah. You expect a little rust. It's no big deal. Yeah, from living at the beach for forty years or whatever. So, so that was my overly okay. long reviews. Uh, That's okay. Chris, do you have any uh, highlight of the week? Car of the week? Yeah, car of the week. Volvo two forty. Um, uh, <laughs> actually, not not two forty, <laughs> not two forty, but two six two C. which is based on the two forty platform. It sounds funny, but it is. <laughs> no, was uh, it really? It was, <laughs> and it's the chop top. Did you uh, see that the seller that, listed it as a two forty? 
well, in yeah, the eBay pe- listing, the seller put that. it that. It's probably because there's no there's no category for two six two C, right? On eBay, there's got it. Right? Uh, Maybe, it's it's a rare car. It's chop top. This one did not have the vinyl top. It had some weird wheels. I would probably change those. But it did have a V8 swap, and it looked kind of cool for one of those. I normally don't like them, but I I took note at this one. It was the color, right? It was that gold. It was the, the gold color, slightly lowered, and a V8. It's like it kind of maybe Man. could get me to maybe consider one of those someday. But you know what I like? They're about kind it? of the ugly stepchild of the 240 family. Did you see what model year it was? 1980. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be smog exempt soon in California it, if that bill ever passes. But yeah, yeah, um, and that's a that's a discussion for a future show. It so. is. That's right. Um, but yeah, so I normally would prefer the 242, the, the standard, uh, two door Volvo just looks better to me. <laughs> of course. But, so, I mean, you've only but, owned like how many of these, you know, I've had two, of them. <laughs> okay, sorry. I've had two, two You still own one. One, two forty five, one wagon also, sorry, but, um, <laughs> uh, come on, you gotta have the wagon too. Right? <laughs> no, 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 it's, yeah, of course. <laughs> Chris is like, what are you talking about? I drove that thing back wagon. from Seattle, man. <laughs> that was a that was a trip. He's looking at you um, like like you're an idiot for not thinking how about would the you, wagon. How could you not have a Volvo 240 wagon at some point in your life? You have to have one. It's just no, it's, a requirement, it's, right? Yeah, clearly. Um, but the car that I would actually buy oh. because I don't think I'd ever actually buy a, a Bertone 262C. Um, the Ford Falcon wagon, 62 Ooh. Falcon wagon. It looks like it used to be red and then somebody painted it black, but it's on black steel wheels and it's kind of low and it's kind of mean looking. The 289 or, um, I think it upgraded with a four speed. 260. So okay. The, the so little that's guy, okay. the little V8, but whatever. I that mean, was the early version of the 289. You're not going to be, you know, ripping it up on the drag strip with this thing anyway. It doesn't No, matter. but still, at least you got the four-speed and you got a V8. And you got a V8. Yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll really. sound good. It'll look good. It, it would be a good cruiser-type car, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would try it. I would give it a shot and then probably sell it if if I didn't <laughs> like it. So. But it's only five grand. I mean, you know, it's not too big of a gamble. No, and so. it's an it's a old you know, Is it really only wagon? five grand? It's only? Well, uh, 5,600. I don't know. Yeah. And where is it at? Mm eBay. <laughs> yeah, go to dailyturismo.com, producer Ben. Okay. Yeah. And you can you can look it up there. Dailyturismo.com. <laughs> and yeah, like have you ever heard of that website? Yeah. So, um, okay, so those were the cars of the week. Um, yeah. Comment of the week. Um, I pulled a, a comment from the um, Vortec V8 Swap Jeep Wagoneer. Oh. Which was a cool car. That's another cool one. It was a very cool car. I think the price was going to get a bu- bit above what you'd want to spend on something like that, but. Um, a guy, a commenter by the name of Tim Kuhn, who was a regular commenter, he said, um, my dad had one of these just before they started going up in price. And I, I worked for Skip Barber for a year and the craziest ride I ever had. So this is coming from a guy who worked at Skip Barber Racing. Yeah. He's been on track with all kinds of lunatics. All kinds of people who don't know how to yeah. drive, right? <laughs> so the craziest ride it ever was, it was in that Wagoneer. And so uh, I lived in a steep, somewhat twisty road, backed out of the driveway, and even before he, this is his dad was driving, had his foot off the brake to pull forward. We started skidding. And I'd never seen an entire road glare ice like this. Yeah, um, you'd have to know the road to appreciate the lunacy of the ride we took, but it, inv- it involves a Audi TT on the side of the road with a driver waving for us to stop as we slid past. <laughs> Sorry. Sawing at the wheel from lock, full lock one way to all the way to over and over. Mentally planning ensuing crash at the bottom of the steepest part of the road where the road turns and picturing jumping the culvert, going through a fence, and stopping in a horse pasture. 
As long as we left the road straight, hopefully we wouldn't roll over and we'd be okay. And it didn't occur to me that we might make the turn, but we did. And then coming around the bend sideways, we find a new suburban nosed into a ditch blocking half the road. And finally getting to the flat part of the road, one final sharp right, and we're clear. And it was about a half a mile slide. And at the end, Dad looked at me, held up the coffee mug that's been in his right hand the whole time, and proudly says, didn't spill a drop. (laughs) That's talent. So, Tim, that was a fantastic story. We really appreciate comments like that on the website. Uh, Those kind of stories about about the things Dad did, it's... uh, Warms the heart. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like a rally stage in like Rally Sweden or something, the icy road sawing the wheel back and forth. With know. a Jeep Wagoneer and a cup of coffee. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's different types of rally cars. I mean, that could be one of them. I don't know. That's true. Maybe a parachute car kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. All right. So that's from the website. Uh, we're now going to do a little short segment with the time we have remaining that's called Seaflow's News. Really? We I get to talk about something. We get to talk about something. I get to talk about something. Sea okay. flows. We're, this is a new segment we're 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 putting into the show, um, yeah. and um, there's no fancy intro just yet. No, we no, will, no. But that's fine. So like for a, the f- uh, yeah, we don't have a fancy intro. Yeah, that's okay. So for the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Like for the inaugural Sea uh, Flows news um, segment, we're going to talk about something that's uh, in the news right now, and that's the new Porsche seven eighteen. Cayman and 718 Boxster, and they added the 718, I think, as a reference to some earlier models and, and to try to give it its own kind of uh, identity apart from the 911 and the other 900 series yeah, Porsches. Yeah, because a Boxster but was, was a 986. 986, and then they had it. Yeah, okay. but now it's called a 718. I don't know if that's the model number or just the kind of the marketing name for Why it. Why didn't they but, just roll over to thousands? I don't understand. <laughs> I they think got Peugeot, the 998 and then they stopped. The problem is Peugeot owns... Um, the rights to any name that's like a thousand with the two zeros in the middle and, and the number on either. Yeah. still in business? Apparently yeah. Vince forgot this is Seaflow's news. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm asking yeah, questions. He's just sorry. interrupting me. It's okay. Um, Turn anyway, the mic off. I think it's cool because the Cayman and the Boxster now are going to four-cylinder turbo power and that might anger some of the Porsche purists who say, oh, no, give me my flat six to the grave, you know, with naturally aspiration. Natural aspiration, no turbo, just pure Porsche-ness. Um, but I think the the two two liter and two point five liter four cylinder single turbo engine in these cars are going to be, um, you know, they're going to make them more drivable. They're obviously going to make them more fuel efficient for the uh, the EPA cycle and the European cycle. That's why they're doing it, right? It's it's fuel efficiency laws and emissions laws. Um, but on the upside, you get um, this nice compact four cylinder single turbo package, and the S model makes three hundred fifty horsepower. From a 2.5 wow. liter, that's pretty respectable. Yeah, that's uh, very. Yeah, it's nice and 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 you know flat. So, as a flat engine is right, um, <laughs> easy to package in a, a Volkswagen Beetle or a Vanagon or any uh, 914. I'm just thinking of all the different like swap opportunities for a couple years right. down the road when you can buy a wrecked one right. of these cars. You and, put it in the uh, Subaru Impreza. Yeah, <laughs> you could do that. Well, there's a lot of Volkswagen guys, old air-cooled guys who will use Subaru boxer yeah. engines because they're kind of the right size and shape, but they're much more modern and reliable and powerful. So I think this gives them kind of a new option uh, to play with, which is cool. Um, the turbo is pretty interesting on the uh, 2.5 liter S model. 
it's the first kind of uh, mass-produced VNT or variable nozzle turbine or mm. var- variable geometry turbine um, turbocharger in a production car, gasoline car. Common for diesels. Um, been there, been in diesels for s- half a century, but um, it, it basically gives you the uh, the advantages of a small turbo and a large turbo. It spools up quickly, but then it can open up and give you more flow for better peak power. Uh, it's n- going to be a warranty nightmare, I'm sure. <laughs> no, it is. You'll get little veins and, and bits of stuff flying through your turbine wheel and out into your cat, uh, you know, for the first model, f- first few model years, I'm, I'm sure. But they'll they'll work it out, and uh, and then that'll be a pretty cool uh, platform to play with, I think, for cheapskates like us who would never buy one new. Um, some people have to buy them new, and then we're going to then buy them two or three owners later when they're worth next to nothing. So. Yeah, ten year old Boxster is like free. I mean, yeah. So ten years from now, we'll get to play with Turbo Boxsters. Great, so that's yeah. cool, no right? Problem with that? I'll chip it. Um, yeah. So I think that's uh, <laughs> that's what's in the news from uh, from Porsche, anyways, which is not something that we normally talk about uh, because that's out of our price range. But um, anyway, we are going to wrap up the show with the final lap. This is the final lap on Daily Turismo Radio. Hey guys, uh, so for the final lap today, we're not going to bring up a new topic and start talking about Porsches or electric cars or anything. Um, We're just going to sort of give some thanks to um, various people that have helped um, build a studio, um, been on the studio, uh, got us onto Talk Radio 1. A big thanks to (coughs) Mark Germain for giving giving this um, this us this opportunity and Steven Spear for um, helping out with that um, it's it's fun for us to broadcast live and uh, it's we're gonna we're gonna mess up it's exciting it's exciting yeah, yeah it has another dimension a little edgier to it. I think yeah and yeah. we're gonna have live call-ins soon someday maybe in, in a week or two yeah well, yeah hopefully <laughs> um, by next week we could have some live call-ins if you are interested in calling into the show or um you can hit us up on our Twitter, right, Vince? Uh, what's yeah. the Twitter address? At Deli Turismo. Oh, okay. Strangely enough. Yeah. 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 Or you can email the show. You can email dtradio at dailyturismo.com. I'll answer that email. You can Any questions, comments. If you want to come in and hang out with the peanut gallery, if you live in Southern California, Yeah, drop us, us a line. Yeah. Come in and berate us in person. I mean, that, that would be great. Yeah. Um, Exactly. I yeah, mean, yeah. and it, if you shoot me an email, I will. Um, I'll give you the Skype address, and you could Skype in as soon as next week. Otherwise, we should have Ring Central up probably either on probably not next week, probably the week after is what I is what I'm guessing. So, but if you want to get a hold of the show sooner, shoot me an email: dtradio at dailyturismo.com. And so the show is going to get better. It's going to get more exciting. We'll have more uh, more listeners, more interaction. Uh, and so we're all looking uh, looking forward to that, and I hope you listeners are as well. Yes, yeah, so if we can get more interaction, the show will get better because that'll mean less events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> no one's going to disagree with that. Uh, so finally, um, we'd like to say thanks. Uh, thank you, uh, Mark Brems, for being a fantastic guest today and, and giving us an interview. Yeah, that was rad to hear about his car and yeah. uh, check it out on his website. Yep. It's very interesting. Yep. And uh, thank you, Dr. J, for sitting in on the peanut gallery. Always a pleasure. And thank you, Chris, for uh, being my co-host as as usual. Yeah, you got it, buddy. And last, uh, Ben, producer Ben, thanks for hanging out by the uh, by the screens there and doing your thing. Keep on wrenching.
been listening to Daily Turismo Radio. You can follow the show on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Daily Turismo and on Twitter at Daily Turismo. Use the hashtag DT Radio. 